Welcome to the Mind Body Business Podcast. Have you ever considered your superpower? If you had one gift to leave with humanity, what would that be? We believe that everyone possesses a superpower. This is your value proposition, your je ne sais quoi to help make a tangible difference in the world. Each week, our show explores these superpowers with tantalizing thought seeds germinating only from the power of collective thought. We invite you to join us for one hour each week and listen in as we dispense superpower knowledge from great people doing greater things. Gary from Lighting is going to have to have a conversation. So there we go, Gary. <laughs> Gary's going to get a shit sandwich. <laughs> Gary is going to get a demotion, okay? Because we don't tolerate any bullshit on this set. It's a high production, high class production. All right, so what are we talking about today? Uh, we thought because with our businesses, we deal with a lot of different people and we talk about perspectives a lot that you always think your perspective is the right perspective yeah. and all of that. But I think it comes down to as well, dealing with egos, whether it's our ego or a client that we're dealing with. And how do you, how do you juggle that? There's a lot of egos in the room sometimes. And, and who do we let prevail? Is the customer always right? Or if a client has hired you, should they be listening more to you? Well, gee, way to give me a softball right off the bat. <laughs> so, so can we back that let's, up? Let's talk a little bit about what, what we deal with and what we're doing. Like we, we each have, if, if somebody's just joining us and they don't know, we each have our own separate businesses. So tell me a little bit about what you do in your separate business. Okay, well, originally I was classified as a photographer but I no longer really focus exclusively on photography. We offer video services, photography services, but really what I'm trying to create with Fusion is a, a, a bit of an experiential um, type of business mm -hmm. so that photography, while it's part of what we do, it's only a small part of what we do because more than anything else, um, in addition to the actual modalities of services, whether it's wedding engagements, corporate work, that sort of stuff, what I think differentiates my style of photography from other photographers that I have observed is it's more of an adventurous experience with everything that we do. Even something as simple as getting headshots turns into more of an intimate, organic, kind of get to know you really well so that the photos that you're actually getting from me aren't just some canned dude sitting in front of a white canvas. Mm -hmm. So I try to, I try to create and understand, I don't know how you really classify this, but it's, it's situational, constructive, lifestyle, experience-based photography. Is that a way to say that? It's like, it's mm -hmm. not just photography mm -hmm. anymore. And then do I talk about Sprout? No, we're going to talk okay, about Sprout cool. in a second. Right. So I would say that my name is Lisa and I like to party. No. <laughs> No, I also would say that I'm a photographer, but now that you've taken it up a bar, I would say that I'm a curator, a content creator, mm. and a connector. Mm. So you go in initially to, someone calls you, you go in initially to take their photographs of what they've, they've originally told you. But it, it, it's usually the funnel, the beginning of the funnel, which leads into other things. That's why we've opened up our other business. So going in, I think we both really love experiences and we love people and, and engaging with them. So it starts there and then it kind of ignites from there. So yes, we're taking photographs, but usually that 
that photographs are just one small yeah, element of the puzzle that that the client gets even even in a one-off situation with you like i've yeah. been on set with you at a wedding or any and the engagement and the interaction and the a one-hour photo shoot turns into a three and a half hour experience and it it because we don't work off of a clock we work yeah. off we work off interacting and engaging with our clients. This is talking about just the photo video world yeah. so that what you capture is more than just a photograph and you yeah. can see it in every image that you look at and the interactions and the testimonials and the reviews and the emails that people send back to you that they get what it is. And I, I don't know that you can really qualify exactly what it's called. So I just said experiential. So I think, I think this is something that has occurred though in our industry or our business and probably in other businesses only over the last few years with social media, because you go in and you talk to someone and you're creating something visual for them. And then through conversation, they're saying, Oh, you know, I need this for X, Y, or Z. And you find out that, you know, there's more that you could be doing for them. They, they need help with social media. They need help with creating a digital library. They need help with, with a video anthem, any of those things. So I think in our industry, we're selling ourselves short. And we're, 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 not, we're not actually servicing a client in the way that, that they can be serviced when we, we don't give them all these other opportunities. Would you agree with that? Well, that, how that originally comes off, I understand what you're saying, but how that could come off is that we're perpetually trying to upsell people. And I, I, I think no. you, I'd like to make a no. delineation between that. What I heard you say and what I, what I would like to reiterate to that is that because you are naturally connecting with people authentically, to overuse that jargon, but because you genuinely give a couple of fucks when you engage with people and you can tell just in basic phone calls. Mm -hmm. I think that right off the bat, people are more inclined to just engage back in a conversation mm -hmm. with you. I, I don't know the, the exact quote, but I, I've, it, it goes something like this, that what you see in others is a direct reflection of, of yourself, the things that you either don't like about yourself or the things that you do like about yourself. I, I genuinely believe if you're walking around with your frown on your face and scowling, like people are generally going to probably be dicks to you back. Right. Mm -hmm. But if they're like you and you're ingratiating and, and, uh, and charismatic and you're friendly and you're always smiling, people find that comfortable and they find that good to be around. Right. So what you're doing with people when you're engaging with them in that capacity is that you're not selling to them, but you're letting them know that what you offer in addition to photography and because you're sitting there having natural conversations, it elicits some sort of like as a catalyst, you know, you hear someone saying, Oh, I also just need these footer for social media. So instead of outright saying to them, Oh, I want to sell you this, sell you that mm -hmm. you're able to organically kind of transition into that conversation with them as opposed to just trying to sell everything to them. And I, I Does that think make sense? That, yeah, and I think that's what we do because you get excited about what you're doing and then they're talking about and they're like, oh, we don't, we don't understand how to do this or I, I'm trying to hire someone to do this. And, I'm, and usually the conversation is, you're amazing at doing this. More people need to see it. Are you blogging about this? What are you doing on your social media? You should, you should, you're great in this space and talking about what you do. You need people to, you know, like, mm -hmm. and it's, it's that enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, giving them value and tips without expecting anything back. Yeah. But that, because we've been enthusiastic about what we do, 
funneled into a new business that and that's where we're dealing with more clients and on a bigger scale yes problem solving is what yes. we're trying to do problem solving is a great a way of putting member. it problem solving and helping people realize their potential yes and it's exciting being on a good team with someone yeah i think i think a lot of people have imposter syndrome not just about being on social media but about a life in general and i think even myself included even though I've run multiple businesses and been in corporate life for 20 years doing marketing and PR and press writing and project management, all those things that have brought me to now, even now I'm like, sometimes like, what is my power? What's my true power? And so I think what we're able to do is work with people because we're so good at connecting and authentically engaging. I genuinely like talking to people. Mm -hmm. I genuinely mm -hmm. like learning what mm -hmm. you do and why you do it mm -hmm. as do you. And so, because there's so many people that can contribute back by either uh, getting you excited about something, sharing some knowledge mm -hmm. with you, or you're just you're mm -hmm. just grateful to be in their space because they are authentically doing something that they're fantastic at, and that's that's always energizing to see. Yeah, and I don't think it was always that way with me. Truthfully, I think early in my photography career, like early in my corporate career, I, I was just trying to get ahead. I was trying to to accomplish as much as I possibly could better than everyone else in my job at, at corporate life and as a photographer. And, you know, I didn't engage with other photographers. I didn't even do any business networking per se uh -huh. in the uh -huh. photography world um, because I was like, I'm not going to let anybody see what I'm doing. Well, I don't want them to see my, my secret sauce. I would say that with confidence, you, you grow and you expand, right? The better that you become at your craft, then you're confident about it and you're not worried about anyone seeing what you do or sharing what you do because you know the business will always come in and you know there's plenty of business for everyone so with perfecting your craft or what you do you mm -hmm. become more confident yeah i guess that's a great way of putting it you um you start to grow into your own skin and then you realize that the true point of being in business is to help other people mm -hmm. collaborate with other mm -hmm. people connect with other people and if you can grow something as a group and have a tribe of people that not only cheer for you and support you, but endorse what you're doing, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody because you're helping them grow. And by helping them grow, not only do you grow yourself, but you success breeds more success with people. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about a couple of things, whether it's in our, our personal businesses like photography or whether it's in Sprout where we're dealing with um, larger companies that need help in social media branding and all of that so as a photographer there's many times that I'll walk into a situation and everybody has a vision everybody thinks they're a photographer everybody's looking at the big picture and they're not looking at how it's going to actually photograph and how you're going to see it through the lens and how that's going to light and, and the best angles to take so everybody always has an opinion and a lot of times these people that have opinions are your clients. And they're like, oh, I think it would be great if we did this, this, and this. And inside you're going, you're killing me slowly. That's a terrible idea. It's not going to translate over at all. So how do you, how well, do that's, you, can I, can I speak on that? Because they hired you, right? Can but I, they're also, they know their brand. Can I speak on that mm -hmm. for a second? Uh, you know, it, You've it, been in that situation, correct? I'm in that situation all the time. I, I'm more forceful about it than you are. So I, I have a different approach around it, but um, this didn't, it didn't used to be that way. I think with, with digital technologies now and the availability of photos and f through your phone, 
literally every second of every day, you're bombarded with these, these flawless images through digital technology that makes a photo on a six inch screen look a certain way. And so people think that if they saw it there, I think it's even it's mostly subconscious. If they saw it looking perfect and clean there, then here's what I'm going to try to do when I'm on set helping you with your photo shoot. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, or even if you've set, like, again, if you set everything up for the photo shoot and someone comes in and snaps a picture and you're like, I just created that whole thing, but that, I don't, that, that sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> but, but Never I happened. don't, I don't want it to just be about our photography. I mean, like in any situation, any business situation where a client hires you and you are coming in with your, your, your suitcase full of experience and they're telling you something different and you know that there's a different way of selling it. So that, that goes in any business, whether selling whether, it or producing it different okay. way of producing it. What they, their ego is getting into it and your ego is getting into it. So they have a service. They've hired me to create that service or that product or whatever it is mm -hmm. for them. And I have a vision around it and they have a vision around it and they don't meet in the middle. So, yeah. so, so what how to point is the customer always right. And do you do what the will of the customer is the client and at what will, way do you, do you acquiesce or do you say, you know what, my opinion is better. I have the experience. You hired me for a reason. I think ultimately the customer is the one paying you for that service. So ultimately they would have the final say so. However, I would draw the line in the sand with the client and be very candid and vocal with them and remind them that they hired me, my services, my vision, my intellect, my ability to help them. That was why they hired me. And so there's a way of doing that diplomatically by upfront early in the process, getting enough information out of them so that you know what project you're stepping in for. We've got dogs on the, on the loose. Um, so I think early in the process, if, if you can manage that process early on, you're gonna be setting yourself up for better successes later in that process. And where I'm going with that is that if the client knows upfront that you're coming to the table to help them and you value their insights, but you also wanna make sure that your voice is heard, your platform is heard around this, you're probably gonna have less trouble around that. But that being said, there's obvious exceptions. Ultimately, the client is, is right. But it's my job, especially if you're hiring me as your consultant to help you grow your business and brand your business to be as forthright and candid and not your yes man as possible. So I, I personally am going to say that's a great opinion. I love what you have to say right there, Lisa. I think that ultimately this is your product and you're paying me. But I feel compelled to let you know, obligated to let you know that have if you could consider this scenario from my perspective and maybe we shoot both of them or maybe we try both of them and see what works best for you, then at least you've got some, you have a feedback loop of some options to choose from. Mm -hmm. But again, when someone hires me to offer them counsel and advice and grow their business, I jump wholeheartedly into that space. Like I live, eat and breathe what it is I'm doing. I consume it. You know this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm obligated, the dogs are distracting me when you look over there, I lose my train of thought. Sorry. I'm obligated to provide some candor around what it is that you hired me for. I have no other choice because if it turns out to be total fuckery at the end, 
then the, then you're, you're screwed either way because the client's like, I told you to help me out with this. I hired you to help me out with this. And I'm going to be like, dude, we talked about this three months ago. And I specifically said that I didn't think that option was going to work. Here's what I recommended. Here's why I recommended it. At least you have some sort of dialogue around that. I'm not saying CYA cover your ass. I'm just saying you're obligated to be candid about it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, does it kill you a little bit to be a yes man and an order taker? Well, and not be like to be served. This is exactly what I want you to do without having your, your input of your experience put into it. Can you do that? Well, that's going back to your ego question. So, um, I have a difficult time with that because, but I'm also good at, at admitting when I'm wrong. So while my ego will get in the way, I, I am the first to apologize if I'm wrong about something, truthfully. I may not like it, but if I'm, in, if I'm incorrect about a situation, I will always apologize around that. And in terms of taking orders from people, well, that's an interesting question because I've gotten much, much better in my career, as in my professional career of, of proactive vetting who I work with, right? Mm-hmm. So... I know I'm not answering your question, but because I know, because I know what, what I bring to the table and I know who I really want to work with, I do a better job of, of filtering that out in the beginning of the process so that I have less obtuse situations like order taking to deal with. Mm-hmm. But it does rear its head here and there. So, well, and we've talked about being team players and all of that, you know, wanting to work with a, a, a team where everybody is able to put their value into it and how that, that, you know, the exposure of doing all that exponentially, it creates a better product in the end. But well, what you, I he- you so, have, you have significant value to offer to the world and you're at a time and space in your life now where you know exactly what that is, whether it's offering photography services and a variety of sundries or consulting in a marketing capacity, fashion, um, design, all the things that you're doing. You're relatively innovative in the age and the space and the time of who you are now. And so to me personally, it's a demeaning, it's a demeaning situation across the board and a lose-lose situation across the board for the client who hires you and for you who is working with the client, if there isn't a mutual reciprocity and a mutual respect upon the collaboration that the two of you set out to achieve. Yeah. So what I wanted to say from what you're saying, we were talking yesterday about expectations and sometimes expectations just get in the way. But I think in this situation, when you're going in with certain expectations, you've gone in with a discovery of this is what I'm going to do. This is what you're going to do. These are what our expectations are. This is what our outcome or our goal is. Do you feel like that can make a difference? Oh, 100% it makes a difference. And there should be a full scale onboarding process. I had this conversation yesterday. I don't know who I was even speaking to, but we're interviewing, we should be interviewing the people we work with just as much as they are interviewing us. And, and don't take this the wrong way. Like, I don't want you to think I'm some narcissistic prick that needs to have a vanity, a vanity appeal to what I do. I'm simply saying that you're paying me a lot of money to do something mm-hmm. for you, whether it's consult for you, whether it's train you, whether it's educate you, whether it's photography or video, you're, tra- you're paying me a decent amount of money to do that. It's, it's in my best interests and your best interests mm-hmm for the best possible outcome that we mutually know what we're about 
to set out to do and how we're going to go about doing it flexible of course but going in if you know that this is the expectations and what everybody's responsibilities are it's going to set you up for a lot less grudgery and frustrations frustrations false expectations as you get into it i would say do you agree with that the board yes with with most businesses when you take on a project it's not oh i'm spending you know that's that's 10 hours on set or that's 10 hours in this experience that i'm doing it it's never just the 10 hours you are continually thinking about that and coming up with ideas or strategies or ways to implement something so if your mind is that busy with something that you don't wholeheartedly agree with that project or want to invest your time or, or have a hundred percent belief behind it you shouldn't be working on that project and no, i've had as disagree. well have, as you have had clients that we've spoken to and talked about the whatever the project is and we haven't been the best fit for the project for a, a, a number of reasons whether we we can agree on on what the outcome should be we don't feel vested in it um, we just might not be the best person and we will recommend someone else. But I think vetting on both sides is, is integrally important. I absolutely 100% agree with that. And, and both of us in our independent businesses as well as our mutual business need to remember that because the amount of time and energy that's invested in a project on both sides, you can't get that time back. So for me personally, I prefer to work with people in a long-term capacity because because of just the iterative evolution of doing business and building relationships and building that relationship. And they know that, you know, there's, there has to be an inherent trust and dialogue and open communication between you and your client on the most basal level. If you don't feel comfortable having a conversation with me, or you're not good at listening to other people's feedback and you just completely, you probably should just go at it yourself. If you're that good at it and you already know the answers, you don't need me to be your, your little bitch on the side to do your work for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's like any relationship. You you learn and you grow through it. And when we take on a project, there's there's that learning curve at the beginning where you're learning their language. What's the language that they're using within their business? You educate yourself and then you grow with that. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing short-term things, you're not bringing as much to the table as in the long run. You've, you've seen where you started, where they want to go, and you're part of that team. And, and I think it's also, yes, agree to that. I also think that one should add in that early discovery process, what does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. So, Lisa, you hired me to do this project. What is it that you expect out of this? Because if, if, if you can agree on the outset what success looks like, not only is that a target and a goal for the both of you to achieve, but as you get closer and closer to that target, you can look back and say, this is what we established as what success looks like. And we went well and above beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I would consider this project a success. Well, we have data on, on all the things, all the projects that we go into. Which, to, see, absolutely. to see where we're, we're doing well, where we're not, absolutely. and we need to improve. But I would say as well that our onboarding process is continually changing and continually improving because it's so key and beneficial to what we're doing. Everything is an iterative process. I, mm -hmm. I think that, I think a lot of times, and we're testimony to that, we've been in business for a number of years and, and our business has dramatically shifted and evolved over the last 20 years, even in the last year alone. So. Mm -hmm to be locked into 
any one thing because that's the way you've always done it or that's the way you, like you have to be able to look at everything and adapt and go in because some things don't always just work right off the foot mm-hmm. off, off the off the bat. I don't know. So what do you what do you do in a situation? I'm sure that everybody has worked in a situation where their boss is just really hard to get along with. Whatever they're counterproductive to what you're doing, they're they're an obstruction or they're just uh trying to think of nice words for this i like the counterproductive one okay so what's the question what do i how do i handle that how do you handle someone that when either when you're in meetings or you're, you're producing something they're detracting from what you're trying to do they are help me out with a word here you know what i'm talking obstinate obstinate uh dismissive as to what you've done or claim what you've done as their idea man after after they've you know after maybe they've knocked you down and then they represent your idea or or whatever that you feel like they're taking over they're not appreciating you um i'm just trying to think of like general feelings that people would have with working in situations with with people with egos what do you do in that situation do you call them out and say well, I've never encountered a situation where I wasn't completely adored and loved. So, but theoretically speaking, if I was, customers always right. <laughs> theoretically speaking, if I did encounter that situation, I would probably wait in my cubicle office until later in the hours of the night when everyone else had gone home, and I would stealthily creep into their office and choke them to death. No. I think that, I think that, um, well, this is that ego question you started Mm -hmm. off with. So can we talk about ego for just a moment? Yeah. Okay. So ego in my understanding of what ego is, is our ability to perceive who we are in relation to the rest of the planet. And our inability or our ability to step outside of a perspective of who we think we are and, and not have a reaction to any opinion outside of who we think we are is ultimately how we would manage our lives. Does that make sense? So... If a, if a boss was demeaning and belittling and obtuse and all those beautiful adjectives that you use to describe, I think first and foremost, whether you're an employee or you're a colleague or you're in a consultancy capacity, at some point, you're going to have to stop and take a collection of, of where you are and what's gone on and what you ultimately want out of this whether truthfully can you sustain working for somebody for an inordinate extended period of time knowing that you are nothing but disrespected badgered belittled and and thrown under a bus and whatever else i think you probably need to ask yourself is this really something that i should be doing or is there a better option for me because while the money may be fantastic and you may be getting a shit ton of money doing that job for that individual whether you're an employee or a consultant or whatever What's the quality of life around that? Because it, it, and that's easy to discuss right now when you're not involved in it. You know, 
quality of life as opposed to money. Like it's hard to be able to make that decision that, you know, X amount of dollars, not in my salary anymore. How do I, how do I step away from that? Well, great question. I, I personally believe, and I haven't always held this belief. I know you do that removing something from your life only makes room for something else. Absolutely. And the sooner you can accept that and truthfully wholeheartedly believe in that principle, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I have not always believed in that, but that's not running away from a situation. though. Absolutely not. It is not running away from anything. I think you have one life to live on this planet and whether you're a plumber or you're dealing on HVACs or you're in the audio visual digital world, like we are, whatever it is you do, and I, and I have this conversation with my daughter all the time and I had you and I were talking about this the other night. You get one fucking shot at this. Uh-huh. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you cannot wake up every single morning, okay, most mornings, if you can't wake up most mornings and be like, holy fuck, I cannot wait to get on with my day today, whatever that is, then you probably need to stop and take a really hard look at what it is you're doing and decide what an alternative would make you smile and happy at the end of the day. And if being in a position where your ego is put to the test every single day and you have to decide between being a wallflower and getting walked upon or being liberated and free and trying to find something that really either can work with this boss or move on. And I think that's the first and foremost thing you have to do because I personally am not going to get, beaten and badgered over no amount of check. Well, I think too, what you just said is something is liberating. When you're doing work to your full potential, it is very liberating. If you're working towards helping out someone and you're doing what you feel is, is your best to the best of your ability contributing, that is liberating. And we've had a discussion before too, like we'll talk about money and you'll, you know, maybe like five years ago, well, I made X amount of dollars that year. And it seems like a lot of money, but it's like, where is that money now? Where mm-hmm. is it? Money, money just is, is it, it flows, right? So if you're desperately unhappy doing something, that money is no longer tangible in most cases anyway. So is it worth it? It's not worth it. Um, again, to each their own. I respect anybody who who makes a shit ton more money than I do, and and that's the life that they choose to do, and and whatever comes with it. If if they're able to say my tolerance levels are the fact that I don't have sex with my wife, but once every six months, I rarely see my children, I'm working 16 hours every single day, and you know, in 40 years from now, I will have made so much money that I can retire and appreciate them. If that's what makes your shit work and makes you wake up every morning, fuck me for telling you that to do something else. Your endurance is, is go for it. Go for it. I made a conscious choice five, six, almost 10 years ago now, Jesus, that I did not want to work in a job that I would wake up every morning and wish that I could strangle somebody. And I would sit in these meetings and in this corporate environment, and I made a shit ton of money managing projects and working with people that I didn't give two fucks about. And I made a conscious decision that there's something bigger and better for me than doing this. And that's my lot. That's what I took. And I I made a decision that I wasn't going to work for a shitty boss anymore. Even though I've been blessed with some really good bosses, I have had some horrible ones too. People that literally have no business 
being in the positions that they were. And, and I made a choice to never have to deal with it. And I was laid off twice in the corporate world and then rehired and laid off. And re it's like, it's like being in a shitty relationship with somebody You're like, Oh, we don't need you anymore. So here, and then, Oh wait, we'd love you. We missed you. Can you come back? Like, Oh yeah. And then, Oh, I guess we decided that our end is <laughs> we wrong. We filled your place with someone else. We were kind of cheating on the side. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I made a choice to say, this is like, this, I, I don't really want to do that anymore. I, I have more to offer this planet. Okay. So let's talk more about ego. So here we, we're making it sound like it's, it's usually either the boss or the client that's at fault. Sometimes it can be us as well. Sometimes we're too full of ourselves or we're not seeing the bigger picture or it's a personality conflict. Um, sometimes we're maybe not on our game and delivering or listening to what they really need. Maybe it's something that, that we're not doing right as well. So we need to be able to resolve that problem also. If you have a, a small team and every time you see this client's face it it it's aggravating you can you professionally limit the amount of contact you have is that running away from the problem is that a solution that you can have part of your team members deliver something uh, is there another way of corresponding that maybe is not as aggravating to both parties and that you can still get you, you can produce better and get to the end result and have less friction well i think any and it's a very specific question but if um any agency or anybody who is has a team working with them i i would hope that everyone in that team has specific roles that they're really good at and that they're actually doing because that's how you run a successful business part of it so if you're dealing with a client that isn't necessarily seeing eye to eye with someone from your team, if you have the ability to reassign the communication protocols so that, and if that person is still adding value, so if someone on my team is still adding value, but the client just doesn't, they just, the two client, the two people just can't work together. I would try to find a way to put that person behind the scenes and put somebody else in communication with the client someone who is more engineered to, to, for that role. Because not everybody, I'm personally not engineered to do customer service, sorry. No, you're not. I'm just not engineered. I'm telling you right now, you're not. I fucking you're, hate it. You're an idea incubator. You, you generate and produce ideas that are out of the box. Yeah, and that's so not to say I'm an asshole. I just no, don't sometimes want- Sometimes that's overwhelming to people. And sometimes yeah. you need someone to deliver it in a different manner than, than, than maybe you're delivering it. Maybe you're so enthusiastic and it's so much and their brain isn't just like in school. People's brains work in different ways. Yeah, yeah. everybody's good at something. And, and it's our job as business owners to find what people are really good at. I recognize that I am not good at customer service in terms of getting on the phone and fielding an order for you or troubleshooting some website thing for you or something that you weren't able, like that's just not my role. Mm -hmm. Now, can we engage and have a conversation? Like that doesn't mean I'm unpleasant or anything. And you know that, mm -hmm. like my clients love me and I love my clients, but I'm not the best person for customer service. So my job is to engage with them and help build them up and help take their ideas to the next level or their photography to the next level. And like, I'm really mm -hmm. good at connecting with people in that way. But if I have to step behind the scenes and sit here and troubleshoot with you and fix something for you that is just basically brainless for me, I have a difficult time stepping into that zone. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about ego because I know that I've placed myself in situations before where... I we lost so, camera I, one, by the way. Okay. So we're still running. Okay. Camera two. 
where I had something to learn. It was, a, it was obviously a learning experience for me, me going into the situation thinking, not that I'm a diva, but thinking that my way was the only way of, of thinking that I was right and they needed to be coerced into whether it's this is the best image, this is the one that you should use, the one that you're picking, not taking into account maybe this is what their brand is, this is what their vision is. I'm taking into account me, mm-hmm. me, me, me. Yeah. So there's situations where it's, you know, it's so easy to point fingers and have a different perspective, but I've had to learn a lot of things. And, and the difference between choice A and B is not going to make a, a humongous shift in whatever that project is. So at, what can we do to learn and get to that point where we can recognize where a difference in opinion is not going to make or break or that our ego is, is taking over and we need to step back and let someone else contribute in a way or, or see a project in a different vision. Well, assuming that you've established those parameters of respect and mutual reciprocity at the outset of this project, and it's been, it's been part of it going through it. And there's a difference of opinion on the aesthetics of something, whatever. If you truly believe in the ideation of collaboration, then you should be able to pull your ego out of that position and be like, this is my perspective. And my perspective is really based upon my context, my experience, my history, all those sorts of things. And this person over here has something completely different in terms of their context, their experience, their history, everything is different. So again, I would say if you have, if you have established healthy relationship with this client going into this point, and you're now just at an impasse around something, you probably need to stop and collect your thoughts around it and ask yourself, okay, what's truly driving my disdain or what's truly driving this block that we have? What's truly at the core of it? Mm -hmm. And if you can say, I need to completely step outside of my preferences around this because ultimately that's their product, their client. And if I can just remove my emotions from it and just say, hey, I voiced my opinion. I made it known that I thought this was the better option and step away and just let it run its course Mm -hmm. without resistance and just kind of help let them know that if you do change your mind or if you would like to propose an alternative scenario or see something just a little bit different from a different perspective, just want you to know that, you know, I thought this was also a good option Mm -hmm. and then step back and let them decide because ultimately they have to claim it. Yeah. They have to own it. Yeah. And I think there's a a key word that you said in there too. Like we've talked about having confidence. So having confidence in what you're doing, knowing that you're, 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 totally fulfilling your role at what you're doing and that other people appreciate that so that when they're going with a different idea it's not really affecting your confidence but you said healthy so if you're in like a healthy relationship with this team of people that you're working with that makes all the difference it's not always a healthy relationship and I know with our personal team we will have meetings and we will be bringing up topics and because we're so involved or our mind is working on so many different things maybe we are not seeing things that are blatantly obvious to them because we have a good team of, of people that are, are thinking and really invested in what we do. And they'll come up with ideas that, or see it in a different way. So again, if you can take your ego out of the equation, have enough confidence that you're respected and you don't need to like have a pissing contest with everyone because they know who you are and you, you appreciate who they are and have that healthy relationship then you're not going to have to worry about egos either. No, you know, uh, this has nothing to do with anything you're saying. And I agree with all that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't listening to a word. No, well, I was going to say, you know, the healthy relationship starts with removing everybody's egos from it. But since you can't control other people's egos by at least pulling yourself out of it, 
not only does it allow you to have an alternative perspective of the situation, because you're not taking everything personally, you're able to kind of step back and look at it more objectively. Mm -hmm. and, and the best explanation I've ever heard for that, and I've only just recently really understood it, is Deepak Chopra um, has, a, has a meditation on ego. And in that ego, he talks about ego standing for an acronym called edging God out. And before we go religious fanatics on this, I just want to point out that in the term God, what he refers to here is God being our collective ability to work as a unit, like our inner spirit. We're all, because Deepak believes agnostically that all of us are just a collective spirit. I'm going somewhere with this, not going deep on you, um, but that we're all a collective organism and that every project that we take on is the collective. And if you can remove your God complex around thinking that you're superior or that you should have it your way. And if you can edge that out and remove it from the situation and just be an objective participant in it, adding whatever it is your superpower is, then everybody would be able to collectively have harmony around that and have healthy relationships. So anyway, that was really deep and wonky out there. No, but. it was perfect. Is there anything else you want to talk about with ego? Anything that you're feeling? No, it's my life lesson. Ego is my life lesson. We're continually learning. It's and, my life lesson. And depending on where you are, you know, through through your week, through whatever else is going on, sometimes we're just a little bit more resistant to things. Sometimes we're a little take things a little bit more personally as well. So it's not like a, a something that we're going to learn once and be fine with it. It's something that we're consistently. No, we, a relationship, whether it's a corporate relationship or a, your own agency and your employees that work with you, a relationship or a romantic platonic relationship with someone else, it's ego that always gets in the way invariably of most everything. Honestly, if you stop and think about it from arguments to infidelity to whatever it is, it's usually the, the ego. One or the other is ego getting oh God, in the way yes. of that. So honestly and so you know even with you and you and i will have these these um, arguments over something here and there and, and it isn't until i stop and and pull away from the argument for a moment and be like i just wish she would take her ego out of it and then she would realize that i'm right i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> no no specifically but, when you came down the other week and i told you i am I'm on the verge it had been so much for the last four weeks that i didn't have feel like i could take a breath and you you didn't realize like you were in your own place excited to see me and us to work on projects. And I was like, and I took, and, and for whatever yeah. reason, I, I know I was right, but so. <laughs> I remember thinking that if I just wouldn't have gotten offended, I, there's no reason to get offended. I posted this morning on Instagram, like discouragement is inevitable, but how you respond to it, you have a choice around. And so, you know, like, Literally, you know, you can take that in 7,000 different ways. The masks are discouraging to me. Yes. I hate wearing these masks. Yes. I hate every element to my core, but I have a choice in how I respond to it. And right now I'm allowing my ego to drive how I respond to it. So literally every single moment everything. of our lives, so, literally everything. So with, with all of this, we, a lot of times we only think of our side of it, our perspective. We don't you know, something could have happened in this other person's life. We have no idea. They might be feeling terrible. They might be feeling sick. They might've just broken up with someone, whatever. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Or they just might be not self-assured enough. So I think we really do need to step back. Not and edge God out yeah. by removing your ego. Again, mm -hmm. honestly. In it, all things. In all things, every situation. It's, it's probably, if you were to look at, if you were to look at anything going on on this planet, 
where there is some sort of disturbance around it, I would suspect at the crux and the core of the matter, you'll find somebody's ego is making and driving that decision. And there's nothing attractive about being miffed. You know, like I just visualize like when something like that happens, like, you know, flipping your hair, stomping off and slamming the door. No one ever comes after you, never ever chases after you. So, you know, like keep it classy. Keep it classy. <laughs> I like that. It's a good way to end that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like this discussion. Good stuff. Went down the rabbit hole as you usual. You did. All right, then. Anything else you'd like to know? I want to know all the things, but I think that was good for today. Okay. It's something that we deal with all the time, and I think everyone else does. So, If you have anyone who would be interested in joining us on a podcast, and they're not boring as fuck, and they actually have something real value to share with the planet, whether it be a superpower or something that they're doing, whether they're working with a nonprofit and you're looking for some sort of, some sort of conversational exposure around that. And you'd like to share a message, please reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show. Um, if you have a fantastic topic that you would like to hear us digest a little bit on, di digress a little bit on or digest a little bit on digress on digress, submit that to us. Otherwise we're just going to keep doing what we do then. Yeah. It's Lisa. That's Dudu Head. I'm Devo. See you soon.